Support your immune health this winter with Go Healthy from Chemist Warehouse, now 20% off the entire range. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Green to finish and Bearstow ducks once more. That was closer to the body. Oh, and it's, oh, well, there's a shout for a run out. Oh, now geez. that's going to be very interesting. Oh, Upstairs no. we go, Bearstow's out here. Bearstow's gone wandering oh. down the track after the ball landed with Carey. Third tackle now for the Warriors. Wade Egan, they go short side, crash play potentially. Pompey, Montoya, and here he goes in the left-hand corner. Marcelo Montoya. They caught the Rabbitohs defence napping on the right-hand edge. And Tony Kemp, who said Marcelo Montoya for the first try scorer this evening, is licking his lips. It's four points to nil with a kick to come. Fast right here, doing really well through the last few corners. Can he make it count? Oh, he looks Big good. Jump. Yes. Ben Gisbergen at the top of the chart, but look out for Button. Yes, welcome in. Monday, 3rd of July. Heard a few clips from the weekend sport. Plenty of action happening over the weekend. It's a big good morning to our listeners and our team here. Sammy Hewitt's joined us for the next couple of weeks. Kempe, he's there in Kenny Kenny and Kaz is holding down the kitchen. A big good morning to you boys. How you doing? Yeah, morning brother. Very good. Very good actually. And that, uh, I mean, what a start, Sammy. What a start throwing out uh, <laughs> beers though. I've been up since half past one, boys. Couldn't get back to sleep, so... Uh, had a listen to the cricket and uh, it was counting down. I was thinking, you know, Bazzy's going to pull it off with 47 runs to go and then uh, mm. got, got absolutely hammered there. They're 2-0 down, the English. Um, but no, I'll, t I'll tell you what, it's cold up here and if it's cold up here, mate, it's ice age down where you are, is it? It must be freezing, <laughs> mate. I got the heat pump on. I got the heat pump on, so I'm all right, mate. And knowing you, you don't even know how to work any of your heating in your flash house, so no <laughs> surprise. Isn't it under, 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 under flooring heating up there, Kimpy? Isn't that what you've been paying for? Uh, the marble well, floors the and the uh... <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what they do up here. Apparently, is under floor heating, but I don't know how to work it. I've got no idea. They talk about country clueless, so I'm sitting up here in my slippers because my feet are freezing. And uh, I've got I've got the sparky coming around today to just show me where the knobs are and what buttons to turn. <laughs> you've just oh. you've just been turning the lights on and off all morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boys, I tell you I tell you what though, I've had a bit of a shocker yesterday. I've gone out on the farm, and uh, had, had must have had a bit of wind up here. <laughs> had an absolute. I've driven I've driven in I've driven in through the gates and bloody straight away I've noticed there's a tree down right right in the entranceway and I've gone oh my god what's happened up here you know and then I'm you know you see one then you look into the bush here's another three so I've gone down to the house and I thought I'm sitting here and I'm hopeless you know I don't like chainsaws and I'm pretty hopeless with all sorts of stuff I've I've hung the uh, tract up in a tree once to the lawnmower got stuck under a branch and it I had my foot down on go forward, you know, it's a big big bloody thing. And the thing's got caught through the roof and it's gone up and the blades are flashing everywhere. So it's pretty pretty dangerous. Got told off by my neighbour. Um, 
but yeah, I so I turning, I thought, oh sure, I'll get the I'll get the I'll get the bike out, put the trailer on him, and cruised up to the top with me chainsaw and gone gone to town, mate, and chopped up the manuka. Like you want to see the firewood everywhere, mate. Not only that, but it actually looks worse. You know, when you're meant to tidy something up, <laughs> I've made an absolute meal of it. The bike run out of petrol with the trailer. I forgot to check the petrol, so I'm cruising back down. Bikes, so I'm halfway up the driveway walking down. I've had to leave the bike and the trailer on the driveway there. No one can get through. So that's that's me. Uh, that's me Sunday. Who, who let you go around that farm? Where's Jay? No oh. doubt. She'll be listening to us going, look at that idiot. Let him go to Kenny yeah, Kitty. He buys, buys a ute oh. and he thinks he can do everything, eh? <laughs> oh, that's a nice looking ute. <laughs> look, see, we're, oh. we're throwing our, ourselves under the under the bus here, lads. I, I look, I, I've just started my camping journey, you know. I've just thought I'd, I'd just make some memories with these kids. So the best way of going around about this, lads, is you do it at home. Sammy, yeah, you do it at home and and you learn everything and and you you you, you, get, you learn a lot of lessons of what you should and shouldn't do. Well, day one, I had to go get new tow bar put on my uh, truck, so I hooked it up and uh, away I went, away I went. And this is a this is a pin, so this ain't your normal tow ball. This is a pin ball, so you, you you click it in there. Anyway, I drive off and I'm driving down the road thinking I'm cool, my new caravan, and I get to this place where they're going to put all the electrics on the car, and I pull in and it just goes over a wee bump. Anyway, the caravan pops off. Pops off. <laughs> <laughs> it pops off the back of the truck, and I'm driving in, and all of a sudden it just going bang. And I'm like, oh, what was that? It must be the brakes engaging. And then bang! And then this fella weighs me down. He's like, mate, it's off the, it's off the tow ball. I was like, oh no! So day one, could have ridden this caravan off. And I thought, oh well. So I won't learn that. I won't do that ever again. You know, I go home. I go home. We we decide to camp in the caravan on day one. So we're camping and. You know, got young kids, so I thought, oh, I'll get the toilet ready for them. I'll get the toilet for, ready for them. Okay, here we go, Israel. I go out, put some chemical in the toilet, put it back in. Anyway, they go toilet all night, and I go to the toilet the next morning. I'm like, it's not really going down, is it? <laughs> well, Israel, when you put the toilet back in, you've got to take the lid off so it has somewhere to go. So this toilet bowl was full of everything you can imagine, and... To get it out of there, I've got to pull this toilet out, and it just goes everywhere. Oh. <laughs> Outside. Toilet oh. paper. Oh, It wasn't a nice, pleasant camping experience, but uh, I learned the, see, the hard way that you've got to take the lid off. But see, the thing is, is it, it, you, you set it up perfectly by telling the kids, you know, Dad's going to teach you a couple of lessons. When the caravan pops off the back of the ute, you go, now look, I did that. To show you what happens when you don't fast. You know, you just turn it around. It's easy money. And the kids would have learned a lot, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, but unfortunately, man, yeah, a, you, would have had to, you didn't get any on your clothes or anything, <laughs> did you, when you're changing the toilet? Uh, well, I, I had to because there was it was inside this little compartment in the side of the caravan. So I had to get in there and grab toilet oh. paper out and clean it, clean it all out. It wasn't, um, <laughs> it wasn't ideal, but... You know, that was my camping experience, and, and now I'm ready to go. I'm experienced as anything. I can cl- change the toilet, put the gas on, and I'm, I'm ready to get into it. Yeah, and hook, it up, and hook it up and make sure it doesn't come off going down a road. Then yeah, you know, so you've just got to pull the clip. You've got to clip it. You've got to push this button. It goes click. 
I didn't do that the first time, so I wasn't even clicking. Oh, well. Anyway, Sammy, oh, good yeah. to have you in the show, mate. What's been well, happening? It's great to be here, boys. Yeah, early morning wake up. Um, yeah, I'm on Kempi's time <laughs> How now. Was that? Which, yeah, uh, it was tough, but, you know, as soon as I get Are in here. Are you doing running it straight on Wednesday, or is it too hard for you? You've got to go home and go to sleep. Um, that's a TBC, mate. Says you, we'll, Kempi. Yeah, that's a TBC. <laughs> I've got two days to, to make that decision, Tony, uh, and it'll depend on how well you treat me as well. So uh, watch yourself, mate. Oh, I'm going to ask Paulie Moati to open a book up because I reckon you won't make it on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that that you get you get nothing on that at the TAB at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, but hey, it's um yeah no look I, I was uh, yeah I was up at Adam at at, at our four at well three a.m. and. Um, like Kempi, I, I threw the ashes on just to sort of hear the tail end of it and uh, just controversy galore. And the Lords crowd, which, uh, you know, if you, if, you, if you know anything about Lords, you know, when you go to some of these other English grounds, it gets very raucous. You know, the, the, the boys uh, get on the beers and, and it's, there's a lot of booing and, and chirping and, mm. and, um, and sort of sledging. But Lords is a lot different. It's a lot more reserved. You know, got these sort of old folks with the hats on, and yes, jolly good shot, sir, and all that sort of stuff. And but the Lords crowd was was um, I don't know if you saw the video, but it was like a bunch of seventy year olds chanting "same old Aussies always cheating," and so it's it's mm. just been a completely different atmosphere. And uh, and the English are fired up, lads. They are fired up following that uh, Johnny Bearstow dismissal. Spirit of the game. That whole conversation. Crazy, isn't it, Kimpy? And and Sammy, like, you're watching that clip, and he obviously just stuck the ball, and and then just went to do a bit of gardening as you do on the on the pitch, and walking down, and they've they've run him out. Now the spirit of the game, but this all stems back to that catch, isn't it? The catch mm. that Mitchell Stark was not giving out, which is a which is diabolical, really. That was a simply a catch. He's just bracing himself to catch the ball, but the rules are the rules. So this is there's been a lot of heat in this game throughout this entire series, but that just goes against it. And it's no surprises to me, Sammy, Kempe, that um, that they obviously went for it because is there any spirit in Australian cricket, mate? They do anything, <laughs> anything to well, get they, the result, they, to win. They're, they're singing out to Smithy like, you know, we saw you cry on telly. That was one of the ones yeah, that the yeah. Army sing. We saw you... We saw you cry on telly, so they're getting stuck in them from the crowd. The other one, Sammy, is when they're walking back in the Australians after the game and they're walking through, you know, as they the go into room, the yeah. pavilion, the long room, and one guy's in there and he's teeing off. Like you say, he's one of the exclusive members that gets to see the teams walk through and he's absolutely teeing off. So we'll hear some more about that. And I've just read on a tweet that Baz has come out and said he won't be having a beer with any of the Aussie boys soon. He, like, it's getting... Mm. towards this next test is one that you can't miss, you know. And he nearly pulled it off, Stokesy. He went out there. He had a couple of sixes when that um, straight after Bearstow and, and got, got them back on. And, and then they get down to 40 runs to win it. Man, if they'd pulled that off, I don't know I don't know what you would have been talking. Baz would have been adding more zeros to his, uh, <laughs> his already exorbitant contract. But, um, oh, look, I, I, think it, I think it's great theatre. Mm. You know, they go to the catch. They go to the catch yesterday. That was a catch. That wasn't a catch. And then they, they've even pulled out a a throw at the stumps from Bears back in 99 or something, where Bears has done something from the um, when he was wicket playing wicket keeper and he's tried to try to throw someone out in the same thing. Like you just get all these people come up with all these sort of, I guess, um, you know, questions and and innuendo. 
But at the end of the day, when you watch it, Bearstow ducked under the ball. He put a spat down, and then he went to, you know, he thought that was it, walked out, like, as he said, to do a bit of gardening. Mm. And they threw him out. And I just, you know, in the spirit of the game, for me, not good, not a good look. It's it's interesting though because there is going to be a whole conversation. Maybe we talk about this uh, throughout the show. Um, a conversation between you know the the spirit of the game versus the rules of the game. Because if you if you do watch it, you know Carey catches it and almost in one motion throws it straight away. And as people are saying, that suggests that they have been watching him and noticing that he's very quick to get out of his crease, and that's why they were so quick to to get him out but at the same time like it's at the end of an over as well so it wasn't like it was just a, a mid-over delivery it's at the end of the over so your natural inclination That's... is ball's gone through tap the bat way we go and and it's a test match I mean you, you know Besto has probably been doing that for the best part of you know 20 or 30 overs and so the one time he sort of just doesn't think about it he loses his wicket but it's a very very fascinating conversation like you said Kempe lots of uh, there's lots of controversy um, surrounding the test and probably a little bit of negativity so I don't know. Should we should we liven it up a little bit, keep it a bit more positive, and uh, and talk through some of the highlights of the weekend? Yeah, beauty. It's twenty. Start with you, Is. All right, lads, there's plenty going on over the weekend. Obviously, a lot of NRL, uh, you know, the NASCAR racing, horse racing galore. Uh, but it's our very own. And Dan Hillier, obviously, got getting the job done in Aroha's update. Two shots uh, at the Belfry. And uh, he obviously came so close a couple of weeks ago. Only a week ago, was it? Or two weeks ago, he came third. So good to see him back in the winner's circle. First time at the DP uh, British Masters. So Daniel Hillier gets a big shout-out from me. And also a shout-out to our very own Joel King and Paul Cole winning the national titles for New Zealand uh, in New Zealand over the weekend in Tauranga. So they are back and back in the winner's circle. And Joel King actually equaled Dame Suzanne DeVoy's a national record. So if she gets one more, she'll, she'll beat the great one, which is good. So Paul Cole and Joel King get a shout-out with Daniel Hillier. Well done. The most magnificent putt. Magnificent two putt. Dan Hillier. I don't think anybody's going to catch you. Yeah, crazy. I think uh, the purse was like two million euros as well, is he? So he's probably getting quite a handsome payday, young Cash Daniel. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, oh, much, much like a little bit our way if he's feeling uh, generous. Third party, <laughs> third party's the big one. Kempe, what, what have you got, mate, from the weekend? Well, well there wasn't too much to write about on uh, on Friday night, apart from the twenty two thousand people that showed up in the driving rain mm. there at Mount Smart uh, Go Media Stadium, and and. I thought all week that the Warriors were going to turn in a performance and was absolutely um, hit for six. I felt like Bearstow actually, um, with my tail between my legs, walking, <laughs> off, walking off the pitch. Um, but there was one highlight, and we spoke uh, about it before the game, Sammy, and this is what it was for me. Third tackle now for the Warriors. Wade Egan, they go short side, crash play potentially. Pompey, Montoya, and there he goes in the left-hand corner. Marcelo Montoya. They caught the Rabbitohs defence napping on the right-hand edge. And Tony Kemp, who said Marcelo Montoya for the first try scorer this evening, is licking his lips. It's four points to nil with a kick to come. Ah, well done, Kempe. <laughs> well done. 
Yeah, and of course it was. Uh, there was another another famous call from you too, Sammy, for the greatest try. That was no try when <laughs> old, uh, Ed Dallin went went seventy metres and got pulled back for that charge down, which was ridiculous. But uh, yeah, it was a was a good uh, a good bet. You know, we had a, we had a, actually quite a good weekend. We'll talk a little bit more about it and love racing. And just a big shout out to Joe from Gizzy. Uh, he had a massive multi going on the weekend on Verstappen finishing in the top three. Obviously, he's just won that that race, and uh, he got paid big time, Joey. So give us a <laughs> call, mate. Tell us, tell us what you're doing. Oh, mate, he's, honestly, I'm following him in from now on. He's very, very good at it. Just, just on that, just on that little last one there, Sammy. I got, I got a little multi game on the weekend, and I got paid too. Mm. Wet into Ledox, into Montoya. Ah, First try. Wow. Wow. That a boy. Yeah, Daggy's back in the winner's circle. Yes, boy. <laughs> oh, I, I was so close to joining you. Um, Izzy, I had a four-league NRL try-scoring multi, and all the hard ones came in. Jeremiah and I, Hudson Young, and uh, Herbie Farnworth. All came down to um, Dominic Young to score for the Knights. The top try scorer <laughs> for the Newcastle Knights, Israel, and uh, they scored 66 points. I don't know if you saw. Dominic Young didn't yeah. get a single chance. So, That's because uh, they went through the middle, Sammy. They just didn't go to the edges. Well, they had a couple. Edmund Best got a hat-trick, you know. Just all yeah. they needed to do was do a kick out to the That's wing boys. Disgusting, but you know, but you guys know exactly what happened, right? They got the call. They, uh, you know, they got the call before the game. Fellas, uh, guy over in New Zealand, he's got a uh, he's got a bet on. So if you can just uh, <laughs> knock over to the right, that'd be fantastic. Uh, boys, for me, I'm going to go something completely different here. Kiz says put put your own flavour on it. You've all gone for some great stuff over the weekend. I'm going to go for something left field, and it comes in the form of my. Boston Bruins, my NHL team. It's uh, free agency windows over in the States at the moment, so everyone's getting signed left and right. They went and signed mm. a guy uh, that left the team eight years ago. He's now 35, and he's coming back to Boston. Hey, Bruins fans. I'm so excited to be back. Uh, I missed you guys so, so much. Uh, can't wait for opening night in October. I'll see you guys then. Can't wait to be back in black and gold. Milan Lucic, who's an absolute legend of the club, and one of those guys where where they let him go, everyone was like, you can't let him go. He is the face of the organisation. And uh, there was a lot Mm. of backlash when they let him go, but they brought him back, and he's stoked to be back. Uh, And that's, yeah, I'm excited. um, It's going to be fantastic to see him back in the black and gold. Bang. And there's been some NBA players getting paid as well over the weekend in the free agency draft. But, mate, well done. You're a bit of an ice hockey fan, are you? Yeah, You're that's Boston that's, Bruins. Yeah, big bees fan. Yeah, go bees. Um, yeah, we we finished with the best regular season record of all time. It didn't count for nothing when we lost in the first round of the playoffs. But we don't talk about that. Is he <laughs> okay? I'm over it. Uh, I've been to one hockey game. Ice hockey game. Went to the Chicago game. Blackhawks. Yeah. Oh, what are you saying, Kimby? Yeah, the, the Ducks. Hawks. The Mighty yeah, Ducks. The Mighty Ducks. You you are like one of those actors. You, you think know, so? Do you, go as, do you go as good are as com- one of those? Are you complimenting my hair or something, are you? Because uh, he had the glasses and all that sort of stuff too, but then when he, when he Which had a one? Fight, he was pretty good. <laughs> Which one? Obviously the one that you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we need to get out of here, don't we? Got a can't wait question of the day coming up, which which I'm looking forward to as well. As, uh, a little something uh, I put to you boys just before uh, 6 o'clock, a little sort of game we're going to play, and I feel like one of you might have already got your one out, but we'll uh, we'll talk about that one. Uh, after the break. Hey, you're listening to Gizzy and Kimmy for breakfast this morning. Thanks to Kimmy's Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Uh, fragrance. Stay with us. We'll be back in a mo. Blast away plug with the Colgate Blast Cordless Water Flosser from Chemist Warehouse, now just $99.99. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. I feel my heart.
Yeah, Izzy and Kemby for breakfast here on SENZ, 27 minutes past six. Text us any time on double eight double three. that's the Timber Bedpost text machine. Uh, hey, we'll keep the phones open as well, 0800 John texts in, says, yuck Izzy, I'm trying to eat my pie. Probably a reference to uh, <laughs> trying to remove the toilet from your camper van. <laughs> <laughs> toilet debacle, yeah, look. Won't happen again, promise you. It could have been real bad if it, if it overflowed. And just went right through the caravan and ended up on my bed. Oh, wouldn't have been nice. But no, I'm no better now. I'm an experienced camper. I'm ready to rip in this weekend and go on our first journey. You, um, you ever been camping, Kempi? Or are you more of a five-star hotel, wherever you go? Type <laughs> Glamper. He's a glamper. Now, come on, mate. I'm, I'm old school canvas camping. You know the old canvas. Te- oh, you probably don't remember, Sammy. Oh, Sorry, mate. Then. No, I wasn't around in, in World middle. War II, unfortunately. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, boys, I know it, it can't wait. That's why it's called the can't wait question of the day. We need to get to it right now. Can't wait question of the day. Well, it's an obvious one around Johnny Bearstow, and I'd uh, love to get your thoughts on double eight double three. The spirit of the game versus the rules of the game. If you're Australian, your rules of the game, and if you're English today, your spirit of the game. But uh, where do you guys sit? Hmm. It, it is sport. Well, They're similar. there to win. They're there to win. Yeah, it's, yeah, but at the end of the over does it for me. The end of the over, like the ball's dead once it hits the wicketkeeper's gloves, but. Johnny Besto needs to like have a look, kind of show some initiative, or just take a wee little bit of awareness and have a look back there and see what's kind of is happening. So, but in, in saying that, like the spirit of the game is is well gone in this series. I feel there's a lot going on throughout this this game, this match that's just making the hatred for both teams go pear shape go very very wrong so um, I think it's bad I think it's pear shape but then you go back to the man cad situation you know the bowling and and when the people are bowling and the people walking out of their creases you know what what that's all gone now mm. so is the game of cricket just changing the spirit of the game changing you can't run them out but now you can give them warning but you can get them out like this there's, there's a lot of changing um, landscapes in here I feel Sammy Hewitt and Kempe yeah look I I have to agree. I think, you know, with the rule being the rule, it's a, it's a run out. But in the spirit of the game, it's not a run out. Now, the saddest part about this whole thing was if you watch Johnny Bearstow, when they go upstairs to have a look at the, the, um, the footage and the Aussies are standing in a huddle and he's standing right next to them and he's walking up to them as to, as to say, come on, you Blokes, don't be like that. You know, he, he, it was really sad. Like you're sitting mm. there and you're feeling mm. everything he's feeling, and I'm just going, "You bunch of pork chops for doing that." You know what I mean? In the spirit of the game, you say, "Nah, man, that was the last ball. We know you're not out. You, you, you know, yes, you've walked out of the crease, and we've got you on a technicality." But um, I wouldn't have. You know, if I was skipper there, I would have gone, "Nah, man, that's that's not out. Get back out there. We'll bowl you out um, and take." There's take a reason why we hate the man. There's a reason why <laughs> well, everyone hates anyone else but them. <laughs> anyone else but them, and it'd be a different conversation. It's funny though, boys. I'll play a little bit of the devil's advocate here because in in both of your sports, 
that whole spirit of the game conversation doesn't really come up. It's all it's it all it always is play to the whistle, right? It's always play on. Mm. Um, and mm. you think about Kempi, what sometimes we see with uh, things like captains' challenges and uh, and you know how the way captains talk to referees and uh, you know players holding the holding the back of the head to to try and get a crusher tackle penalty and all that sort of stuff. It's just funny that cricket's so unique in this in this situation where you even though by the law it's it's a run out or like Stark's mm. one was a catch or wasn't a catch, we've got this overarching thing that everyone thinks cricket has to be this amazing. And maybe, like you said, Izzy, it's just changing and, and it's becoming more of a win-at-all-costs sport, which is what a lot of yeah. sports are. A lot of sports are you do anything to win. Mm. Yeah, no, you definitely make sense here for sure. Like That's what I mean. It's, it's becoming competitive and all the rules of this that were traditionally seen as being nice, you know, you can pick up the ball and pass it back. Traditionally, is that going to come back into the fold? You mm. know, once the ball's in front of you, if you pick that up and give it back to the keeper, is that an out? Is that a catch? You know, mm. like hitting the ball away from hitting the stumps. There's a lot of rules that are slightly changing now, and um, I don't know. But just because just it's Australia, I just can't get over <laughs> yeah. it. But they just don't have any spirit, but both teams are just just hate each other. It's, Right. Kempi, can you think of a um, a rugby league example like of of a really controversial moment that sort of went against what you might call the spirit of the game? Like a guy might have been sort of knocked out on the ground and they played on, picked up the ball and scored. There's one in the Super League, wasn't there? Was it last year where a guy got knocked out on the play and lost the ball, and then they the other team picked it up and went and scored when everyone else was crowding around this guy to see if he was okay, and it ended up being a try. The, the, there's there's two instances like in the spirit of the game that one was Sammy Bacco when I carried him out of the nightclub and I was taking that shot at goal remember that I told you that and he turned around and told Wally Lewis to shut up <laughs> that was in the spirit of the game he was saying leave him alone he looked after me but the other one in St Helens alright back in the old days they headbutted a ball over the try line and Georgie Mann went through and scored a try so it was a tap he headbutted the ball because it's a, if it came off your head it wasn't a judge to be knock on it went Pass a defensive line right two metres out and he went down and put the ball down. That's not in the spirit of the game. Mm. Yeah, well, it's it's the can't wait question uh, of the day today. Where do you stand on it? Are you are you happy with the run out from Australia on Bearstow? Are you are you anti Australian cricket like ninety nine point nine percent of the world? Uh, let us know on double eight double three. You can give us a call as well oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. We will get some news though uh, with Araha for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Your text and calls after that. Um. Well, it's quite funny that the English are having a bit of a moan because it wasn't, well, it was a wee while ago, but they did exactly the same thing to us um, in a game, in a one-day game where they appealed and they were asked to withdraw the, the appeal and they didn't do it. I think mm. the spirit of cricket thing was dead and buried, right? That's a 100-year-old gentleman mm. who's have a cup of tea at, uh, at the break kind of bullshit thing, you know? Yeah, Beautiful. Well, well yeah, I, th- I think the thing as well is he with uh, with with Bearstow is that like I said that, that if you watch Alex Carey, it happens so quickly you can only assume that they had already seen him moving out mm. of his crease and they might have even have said something to him like we don't know that well I haven't seen anything post match but you know they might have even said just watch yourself there you know Johnny watch yourself at your crease and then you know they get they they're warning to him and then they and then they go and get him out I mean at the end of the day it, it's a results is what sport is it's a results driven business they're out there to win they've seen an opportunity to take a wicket and like we see cricket is just one of those unique sports where there's a million rules and uh, yeah. you know they're going to be exploited yeah Johnny's got to take a bit of accountability here 100%. Like when when you when the ball goes past you 
when you're a batsman, you put your bat in the crease and you look back and you kind of wait for that ball to be dead. He's obviously walked off and I've uh, seen an opportunity, like you said there, Sammy, and uh, he's obviously paid the ultimate price with being, being given out. But the spirit's going in this game. You know, there's a lot of heat being thrown back and forward. You know, Baz will be up and up in arms about this decision. You know, um, Glenn McGrath was spitting tax because of Mitchell Stark's catch that wasn't give, that was given not out. Like mm. there's a lot of to and fro that is going on. So the spirit's well and truly out of this this series. But um, that one, I think Johnny has to take a bit of accountability. He cannot walk out of crease yeah. without the ball knowing that it's dead. That's just. Um, it's just basic, really. Basics, yeah. That's and that's what they teach you at school. Uh, thanks for your call, Tim. You can uh, call any time. Oh, eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Send us a text on double eight double three. Kempy. Um, it does make for a great extra series, though, doesn't it? All of this oh. tension, all of this controversy, just game by game, it, it's going to be enthralling. Even if Aussie win five 0 I think you're still every single game you're going to want to watch. One hundred percent. You know, you just got to remember back a couple of weeks ago when I was in Sydney and and talking to my. Um, my Newcastle whanau back over there, they're mad cricket fans, and they just they were saying to me, when you want to talk baseball and we're leading, give us a call. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they and like their son played for New South Wales. They're, they're up watching this all the time, and they'll be licking their lips at the moment about uh, about baseball in England, uh, and they're down 2-0. But you're dead right, Sammy. From a, from a viewer, um, like it's theatre. It's absolute theatre at the moment. Even the walking through the pavilion and all that sort of stuff. I'm sitting there going, oh, how good. Like, people are just ha- having so much fun with this at the moment. So, Baz will be, have him up for the third one. That's the one you don't want to miss. Mm, absolutely. We're going to talk to Jeremy Coney in around about an hour's time. The, the Mantis, uh, he's going to give his take on the, on what he saw over the last just, five days. Just quickly, Sammy. Mm. Just quickly. Was there, any, was there ever a chance for Ben Stokes to batten down the hatches and play out for a draw? Was he ready a ch- Was it ever any chance for them to change their mindset, Mm-mm. knowing that they're under the pump here, to maybe play out a draw and be one nil down instead of two nil well, now? Well, I think that's. I actually think that's the biggest question around baseball. Is he is. Yes, it's mm. yes, it's it's a spectacle. It's keeping things fun, and when it works, it's amazing. But is there an element of it that at times they need to just temper for the sake of a result? Mm. And that is the perfect example right there. Where, like you said, had they just been able to adjust, you know, a twenty percent, thirty percent to being a little bit more conservative, may they have, may that have got them over the line? But we all know Baz doesn't play like that. Mm. It's it's you know it's full gas or, or it's nothing at all. Um, and you know they came yeah. damn. Cl- I mean, I was surprised they came that close. Mm. To be honest, I thought mm. Aussie would rip through them on day five. It was a wicket that was um, you know speed wise all over the place, and they were loving those short balls. Um, you know they did remarkable to, to even get where they were. They just couldn't get over the line. So uh, it's a great it's a great discussion point whether or not they need to you know peel back at times. Um, Test three. That's. I mean, they've got to win three in a row if they want to win the Ashes back, which is almost impossible to do. It, but it it really takes the it takes the light off Nathan Lyon too, doesn't it? Because you've got to remember, a guy walked out there basically in a wheel. You know, yeah. he, he rolled out in a wheelchair to bat, and no one's talking about it. Well, there's controversy around that as well, Kempi. Did you see Kevin Peterson's comments 
suggesting that he got sent out there to take a short ball to the head to, to yeah. use the concussion sub so they could <laughs> like bring somebody else too. back into the game. And, and like Nathan Lyon just <laughs> it completely bit back at that suggestion. But uh, look, lot, lots of talking points. Headingly uh, for test number three, it's going to be fantastic. And like I said, Jeremy Coney uh, is going to join us on in about an hour um, to talk about it. Look, And here we are. We've talked, you know, Ashes for the best part of t- 20 minutes. So much other sport going on over the weekend as well, which we do have to get to, boys, uh, after seven. Uh, we'll talk a little bit of rugby league and, and we'll also catch up with uh, with Brent Impey on this World Rugby uh, Sansa Coalition, which Izzy, I'm very keen to get uh, your thoughts about. So there's lots to come up between now and, uh, and 9 o'clock, but I think uh, what's going to come up next after the break is Quizzy Dad. You've got to give us a call now, 0800 150 Cookie time, Cookie prize time. pack. <laughs> up for grabs, and Kez has shown me out in the office. I had to restrain myself, Kempy, from dipping a hand in and uh, taking of a little something-something myself. You like a free, um, you like a free anything. That's <laughs> true. If it's free, it's all G. We'll take a break. 0800-150-811 to play Quizzy Dag. We'll do that after this. You're listening to Izzy and Kempy for breakfast on SENZ. Cookie time prize pack because someone wants some cookies to dip into that nice warm cup of tea to get your day off to a good start. So let's get someone some cookie time cookies. Jade from Hamilton. Morning. <laughs> morning, boy. How are we? Yeah, good. Thank you, Jade. Let's get you fed. Here we go. Question number one. Who scored the only try for the Warriors against the Rabbitohs on Friday? And he got taggy paid. Let's go, Jay. Number two, where is the third Ashes test being played? Uh, Kimpy, you got a clue on that one? Rhino Territory. Uh, that's up in Leeds. Uh, I don't know what's in Leeds. Trent Bridge, maybe? Ooh, no, it's not Trent Bridge. Sorry, Jade. Have a good day. Brett from Huntley. He'd love a cookie time to dip that cookie in his nice warm cup of tea. Brett? Oh, perfect timing for flatty school holidays, eh, cats? Here we go. Let's get some those kids some cookies. Where is the third Ashes Hittingly. test being played? Headingly is correct. Question number three. Who met in last year's Wimbledon's men's final? Novak Djokovic. <laughs> That's all right. Novak Djokovic and who? And who? Um, uh, Kyrgios. Um, <laughs> what? Yeah, that's what yeah it was. You look Kyrgios. I gave you half the answer. That's because I like you. <laughs> and I feel sorry for you, Brett. Yeah, a couple of weeks on. That's all right. Let's move on. Question number four. <laughs> Where on the grid will Shane Van Gisbergen start in the morning's NASCAR race in Chicago? So good. Six. Mm. Ah. No, not six, Brett. 
Have a good day, mate. Michael from Wellington. Morning, Michael. He's gone. Lemmy, morning. Morning. Oh, morning, Lizzie. How are you today, brother? Good, mate. You've been splashed out. Got a new phone. Oof. Oh, yeah, yeah, new job, new, new phone, brother. Sweetie. Oh, your <laughs> poor employees. Uh, here we go. We're on oh, the third, grid. Third, well, Shane. Third, yes, third is correct. Question number five. To win the cookies, how many stages is the Tour de France? Oh, um, oh 18. 18 is incorrect. Sorry. See you later. Simon from Auckland. How you going? How you going? How many stages? Tour de France. 21. 21 is correct. Cookie time's coming your way, Simon. Hope you're hungry, mate. There you go. Yes, Get yourself some cookies. No worries at all, mate. Have a good day. Well, coming up, Love Racing with the one and only Tony Kemp. Stay tuned. For year-round allergies and hay fever, try to Mr. Nasal Spray from Chemist Warehouse, only $34.99. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. Yeah, that's right. It's four minutes away from seven. You can call us anytime, 0800 150811 and find a thoroughbred race day at loveracing.nz. Well, I cruised up to Ruakaka on the weekend on my way up to Kitty Kitty, and uh, if you followed us in, fr- in on Friday, like Israel Dag did, you would have heard this. Arrowitz joining in, Foodie Brothers down the outside, Arrowit goes to the lead now, still on the inside, Kiriopa, Arrowit, Kiriopa down the outside, Foodie Brothers, Arrowit, here's a magnificent milestone in New Zealand racing, Stephen Marsh to the 1000 Club, and Arrowit provides him with that second, Foodie Brothers, they were followed then by... Mischief Managers running on, then Dame Lillebeck, uh, get lit down the outside, and now piercing through his pippy, on the inside, Lee Dox out wide, tough test Harry, Lee Dox and tough test Harry down to the line, Lee Dox, Lee Dox will get the win over tough test Harry, mighty bright, they line up for four. Well as you heard Israel Dag, he was happy there because then he followed us in with Montel, uh, uh, Montoya on Friday night to pick up the first try scorer and he got paid big time, look at him, he's Flexing at the moment, the biceps are poking out. Andrew Fallsman trained. Lee Doc scored his first win just over a year, went triumphant on Saturday. He's a three-year-old son of time test and was victorious alongside that uh, beautiful run from Arrowet, which was uh, Stephen Marsh's 1,000th winner. So mm. a big shout-out to Sweet Pete for getting that one over the line. Uh, Alan Sherrick says to say, well done, mate. Uh, he's not too far behind you. He doesn't reckon. So uh, he had a little bit of... Uh, um, bad luck too, his truck broke down on the way up so the other ones that he tipped out, they were stuck in the truck uh, because the obviously the roadworks and the slips were plenty of rain happening, so um, big big, uh, big win for Arrowet and Ledox there on the weekend, there's plenty of racing coming up over the next few days we'll keep you informed with that, but uh, like I said, follow us in again this week, we'll have Kempe's Kicker again on Thursday, and just a big shout out there unfortunately, we couldn't get Katoa across the line on uh, on mm. Thursday night, big score from Cronulla, 
and if Couture had scored the try, well, as he picked Ledox to roll into that one, and that was $1,000, $1,100, it would have went to our lucky punters. So uh, that's our Love Racing update. Uh, yeah, make sure that uh, you're tuning again this week. Sammy, that's how our Love Racing works. I'm here for your first morning. Oh, I've got to start listening to your tips, Kempi. I've never trusted you, so uh, I better start, uh, better start <laughs> taking notice. Uh, coming up to the new sport weather at 7 o'clock. We've got plenty to come between 7 and 8. Talk a little bit of rugby league. Jeremy Coney as well coming up. Keep your texts coming through on double eight double three. It's Izzy Kempi for breakfast. Stark takes Leakstump out of the ground to finish the test match. Josh Tung, who did a lot right at number 10, knocked over for 19. England bowled out for 327. Australia have held their nerve. with the Rabbitohs taking the two points in convincing fashion. 28 points to six, five tries to one. Yes, there you go. A couple of little snippets over the weekend of the weekend sport. Double eight, double three, temper bedpost, text machine. If you want to have your say, 0800 150 811 on the phone lines. A couple of messages coming through, lads. Just following on from that little bit of commentary of the Ashes series. Good morning, gents. I can't believe we are even debating this. England did exactly the same thing to the Gronholm only last year after he wandered out of his crease during an LBW appeal. And as for Broad taking talking about the spirit of the game after refusing to walk in 2013, after smashing one to first slip, spare me. As was the case with the disallowed start catch. Rules are rules, as you Kiwis were so fond of telling me last year's first Bledisloe in Melbourne. The bigger talking point for me, which seems to be escaping attention, is how the Aussies have blunted Baz Ball with their rope-a-dope tactics. Cheers, Aussie in Auckland. That is a passionate Australian right there, lads. With a long memory. With a long memory. That was right. In the spirit of the game, was that in the spirit of the game when he when he took too long to kick that goal? <laughs> oh, that, yeah, that, if you're an Aussie uh, fan, that'll give you PTSD. Gee. Kick the penalty out, mate. Rules are rules. Sorry, but Just kick it out. Stop mucking around with the ball. Anyway, lads, another one here. Just following on. Hi, boys. What's happening at the Bulldogs? You chatting about this. Mike Gimpy, what's going on at the Dogs? Oh, I tell you what. What a weekend of rugby league. And Mark's already coming. There's another texter, and he's a mad self-supporter. Yes, Kimpy, you got it right. 13 plus. <laughs> I got it right, all right. South's 13 plus. If you got on. South, you would have you got um, picked up plenty, and and Mark he came in on Kempe's kicker said 13 plus, and we didn't back him on that. He's the only bloke that saw South mm. coming and doing that. And the same thing around the the uh, Bulldogs is he both the Cowboys first of all started the rot 74 um, point uh, win for them, and then into the Bulldogs who got flogged by my night 66 mm. nil. Uh, there's all sorts of dramas going on there. Me and Sammy spoke about it on Running It Straight last week about how depleted the Bulldogs team are. They've got 
uh, young Crichton going there next year. Geez, he'll be he'll be wondering whether or not he signed a uh, a, uh, a bit of a doozy there, with him being towed up by 66 points. But uh, I've been reading Full Gould's tweets on 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 uh, Twitter, and he's he's basically saying, apart from some individual efforts, we're just not playing as a football team. Mm. But the most, you know, if you if you know Canterbury, if you know Canterbury, if you know their supporters, uh, they went. They went vile post-game. They started, you know, and stayed there and started calling for... They booed them off at half-time, Kimpy. Booed them, and they basically booed them every time they got the ball, you know. So they, when you've got your fans turning against you, then you know that there's uh, there's some 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 more uh, water to go under the bridge here. But, you know, scary times uh, there for Serraldo. I think he's a very good young coach, just like Andrew Webster. Um, unfortunately, he's just... Hasn't got the rub of the green at the moment with his players all being injured. He hasn't got anywhere near his starting side. No Burton in there again on uh, on in that game against the Knights. But, mate, the talk of the round really for me is the Cowboys and how they've come out. You wouldn't want to be playing them at the moment. All right, so the Warriors, they've dropped down to eighth position on the ladder uh, because of a couple of wins on the weekend. One by the Rabbitohs, who I just thought outmuscled our Warrior boys. I thought well, our belly was really soft when the questions were asked in the middle of the, in the mm-hmm. um, park. We didn't front up. They picked on Toru Harris. They, uh, they coaxed in Aidan Fanoa Blake. And in the end, they just ran over the top of our side. And, of course, when we're going backwards, Sean Johnson can't go forward. And Cody Walker just puts on a clinic um, along with Cam Murray. And I just looked at that game. And for me, I just thought, well, both uh, the Roosters and the Rabbits have shown how you beat the Warriors this year. So the likes of Penrith, the likes of the Sharks, the Storm, the Raiders that are sitting above them, the next time they get around to playing the Warriors, I'm pretty sure that she's going to be a bit of a battle in the middle of the park and we are going to have to front up. But um, like I said, the talk, of the, the talk of the town at the moment are the Cowboys, 74-point winners in their match uh, and doing mm-hmm. it quite easy. They could have got... I thought a hundred, Sammy. What did you reckon? Yeah, incredible, uh, incredible game from the Cowboys, and sometimes more remarkable to me, um, Kempi. These scores do get away on teams, and that's exactly what happened with the Knights game as well. We once the momentum starts, it's very, very hard to stop. But the but the zero is actually the most surprising part. Like the Tigers mm. and the Bulldogs didn't even look like scoring in either of those games. I'd, I'd be surprised if the Tigers had a tackle inside the Cowboys twenty in that second half. Just yeah. it, it wasn't just the Cowboys scoring points. It was just the Tigers not being able to do absolutely anything themselves. Um, so it, it reminds me of that, of that sort of first year of COVID, Kemp. You know, they brought the six again rule in and you had those three or four teams at the top just, just putting absolute cricket scores on a team every single week. You know, the Panthers, the Storm, uh, the Seagulls at the time as well. Um, it, sort of, it sort of gave me shades of that. We haven't really seen too many of those this year. Uh, most of the games have been pretty tight and pretty low scoring. So, yeah, it, it's remarkable. We've got a phone caller, boys. Well, Joe from Gizzy. We'll get to him quickly before we carry on this league talk. He was he had a great win on the weekend. So, uh, Joey from Gizzy. Morning, Joey. How you doing? Good morning, boys. Feeling a bit, obviously, a bit heavy this morning, so I thought I'd just ring in and uh, have a chat to the fellas. <laughs> yes, but, uh, tell us. I just thought, I thought, I thought the best, best, best sporting event on the weekend I watched was the AFL, was uh, Port Adelaide and the Essendon Bombers. I don't know if you boys saw it. So, Port Adelaide going for 12 wins in a row, first time in their history. Pitching down at the MCG, absolutely bucketing down. They're down three points, final whistle's gone. Hose from the right-hand side kicks a 55-yard goal right, to win it. And amazing, I'm not a big AFL fan, but I was hooked on that game. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. And 
on back of that, had a few multis, boys, and then uh, had, had a couple of horses come home. And, yeah, had, had an outstanding weekend. But I thought uh, one, of the, one of the outstanding sport events I watched was the first stage of the Tour de France, where the Hale brothers finished one, two for two different teams. Mm. You're talking about sporting, talking about sportsmanship. Two brothers who helped each other out, out of two different teams, and then they nodded at each other. And then they went at it from about a K out, and one dropped the other. But absolutely brilliant. And what about the Warriors, Joe? What are we, I know you were texting me oh. on uh, on Friday night. Did you think that they just got out muscled? I thought they didn't want it. I thought it got wet, and they just didn't want it. Kempe, they didn't want to get down and dirty. They didn't want to get physical. They had all the position, all the territory in that first twenty minutes, and they just couldn't convert. You know, they were going sideways. I said it through them, and then you know the, the momentum swung. Actually, decline came to the party again and declined us a couple of uh, penalties and a try there. And then, uh, yeah, the momentum, the momentum swung and then we were just off the park in the second half. It was just, it was just clinical from the, uh, from the Rabbitohs, sorry. And, uh, yeah, they, they look really, really good, uh, even missing their big weapon. So, yeah, we're going to get a draw over there and shore up that middle. I just think we're, yeah, we're a bit soft there, Kenny. Beautiful, Joey from Gizzy. Well, mate, let's not let the Warriors bring your weekend down, mate. You got plenty. You got paid. So, hey, you'll shout when we see you next, mate. Appreciate your call, 0800-150-811, the Warriors. Yeah, look, lads, I was watching that game, and look, I was full of confidence, obviously getting off the, a great start, Marcelo Montoya down the short side, and, and then it just all fell apart. And the wet conditions, when you compare both sides and how they handled the conditions, you know, you had one team that really wanted it, they were working extremely hard, looking after the ball, getting to their six, kicking well, putting the pressure on on the back three of the Warriors. And then the other team, we just weren't able to see Sean Johnson do what he's doing. When you touched on it there, Kempe, like when you're not winning the battle, the middle of the park, it's a difficult outing. And then, when you know, his kicking game this year has been flawless. Mm. On the weekend, it was non-existent. Yeah, and that, and, that, and a big part of that is because he had no he had no momentum. Mm. You know, the error rate was they were way down on their position, and and errors were high. But that you know, self they they put them under so much pressure uh, in that in that second and third third of the game. But mate, they they went out there. I was talking to Sammy during the game. I thought they'd set their offense up um, a little bit wrong. They were attacking from the middle of the park, and they were trying to go around them when they should have went through them um, mm. from from one of the thirds. You know, and and every time they did that, we, uh, from a from a third, they looked a hell of a lot better. But uh, they couldn't get that those points in the first twenty, and South soaked it all up. And then they just they grew in stature, and their bench grew in stature. When they made those changes, they came on, they did their job, and Cody Walker just got better and better. So, look, they came here with one thing in mind: they'd lost so many games by thirty points over the last five rounds. They came here to stiffen up the defence, and that's probably the most. Um, pleasing thing for Demetrio as they only let six points in against the Warriors team that's been offensively very good. So you're saying that, like, knowing the conditions, Sam and Kempe, that there wasn't a plan B? You know, they only had one well, really plan that they've used most of the year? Well, that's a, that's that's the question I was going to put to you, Kim, because obviously now we've seen them play twice in conditions like that, the first game against the Roosters, mm. uh, this game against the Rabbitohs, and, and across the two games only scoring six points. Um 
is that is that a concern for Warriors fans? I mean, you don't. It's not like you're playing in the rain every single week, so it's not a problem in that regard. But look, if we mm. if we get to the finals and we know the first round of the finals and the forecast is looking like it's going to be a, a wet and windy day wherever it is, do we get a little bit concerned that we haven't seen the side perform in those conditions? Oh, look, I think you've got to be able to. Um, I think the best thing for Andrew Webster is that he's seen it happen twice to him now, so he won't get caught out a third time. Uh, but you've got to be able to move, as your assistant coaches, you've got to be able to move really quickly when you notice uh, offensive frailties. One of the one of the offensive frailties was they weren't moving the middle around. They were just setting up at the 50 from a tap or, or from a set play, and then they're trying to go around them. They weren't actually working the middle off, and that was helping them get that momentum when they're coming and carrying the football, and they just kept getting better and better because they just kept doing the same thing. So, you, you know... Your job as an assistant coach is to say to your head coach, we actually need to just tell Sean to turn it back inside and stop trying to go around him, go through the middle and work their middle over. You know, because our boys are fitter than them. But our boys didn't, didn't work them over. And because they got off their line quicker, the other thing about Ashley Klein, he was so inconsistent with the 10 metres. Sometimes mm. he'd be 8 mm. metres, other times he'd be 14 metres. You know, so players, are, they're, they're not getting their rhythm in the game. And it just worked so well to Self's um, way they were playing. We had a couple of unlucky calls, I've got to say that. You know, we've got one in the bin for a headshot. Well, they had three during the game that, that, that got penalised and none of them went to the bin. Um, but it, but th- those things happen and we, and we normally shake them off. But look, I just think offensively we didn't, we didn't adjust our game and that, that sort of took Sean out of the game, is he, especially his kicking game. They, just, they got done in the middle. Um, and they really need to tighten up with these top four teams that will be coming, coming at them, knowing that they, if they get the middle, they get the game. Do you know what's the, I think, the, the probably the disappointing part for a lot of fans, Kempi, is that, you know, had this been uh, the Panthers or the Storm, you can sort of take heart in the fact that, you know, you lost to a team. They should have beaten that Rabbitohs team you know, oh, for, yeah. for, the, for the losses they had, not having Campbell, Graham, Isaiah Tass, their two centres, not having Latrell Mitchell, who we know is their, is their high performer, um, it was really a chance to be the side that is trying to vie for a top four. So it's interesting now they sit in eighth position and, and it feels like the fans have taken a little bit of a knock of confidence. You know, a week ago we were saying top four, top four. Now here, yeah. we, are, now here we are on the edge of the eight, such as the NRL. <laughs> But that's the, that's, that's the the Warriors of old, and we don't want to get into that. We, this is a new outfit, the new team that, that's got a lot of it. Then there's just little moments like this where you think, you know, sold out Mount Smart, everyone's full of confidence, Andrew Webster, Sean Johnson's playing out of his skin, and then there's a performance like that. And conditions, when those conditions are, are put to you, lads, you've just you've got to throw that, 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 that game that you love to play, that, that mm. game, that entertainment game out the window, you've yeah. just got to be tough. And, and the question is, is Marata Niakore, was his um, absence, was that really felt over the weekend? Obviously, you're talking about in the middle, keeping direction. You know, like he is through and through that guy that just gets your metres and, and defensively just dominant, mm. isn't he? So he's a big yeah. loss. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sean Johnson, Rocco Berry. Rocky Berry, look, he'll be under the pump mm. this week whether or not he gets selected to play again. They went down that right edge uh, on a number of occasions. You've got to remember, too, that uh, having, having Tars and Graham out and, of course, no Latrell Mitchell, they scored all their points on the outside. Yeah. You know, they still yeah. scored all their points on the outside. So that just goes to show you when you look when you look and analyse the game that the middle, it's like an arrow. So the arrow's pointed mm. through the middle of the pitch and the outsides were all sucked in and, and making really poor decisions because they're going backwards. And Rocco Berry mm. um, was making you know some pretty 
he's just got turned in too easily. Uh, so, you know, I, look, I, I, think, I think it's timely for them that that happened. Uh, but, you know, to, to answer that question, is he, when it rains like that and it becomes a drawn-in affair, mate, you have to roll your sleeves up, you know, and that's mm. what Souths did. You mm. saw them come out. Every time they had a turnover, they all jumped over each other. They had come here with a, a passion defensively, and they just drilled at home, and, and that's what we need to do. We need to roll our sleeves up when the game gets tough, and we need to play a hell of a lot tougher. Yeah. Hey, just before we uh, we wrap up the league chat, um, fellas, Kempe, what about uh, some of the other games on over the weekend? Uh, the Panthers beating the Storm quite convincingly in the end, and that's a Panthers team without Nathan Cleary, their talisman. I was a little bit surprised at uh, in Melbourne that uh, the Panthers were able to get the job done. And, of course, the Roosters last night um, got close towards the end but just couldn't quite get over the line, and the Seagulls tipping them up 18 points to 16. And, and I've asked you this almost every week, Kempe, when do we, when do we draw the line through the Roosters in 2023? Well, I, th- I think that's... I, I've given them one more week before I draw a line through them, Sammy. I thought, uh, you know, losing Swali didn't help before the game. But Manly, you know, they're, they're without players as well. But they, you know, to get them 18-16 last night, that's a big win for uh, the Sea Eagles. I, I think the Roosters are a week away from being done. I don't think they get any of those teams that are in the top eight uh, if they don't get a win next week. Um, and, of course, when you're talking about the Storm, they jumped out to a 14-point lead. Mm. So they jump out. You never think that they're going to give up a lead of 14 points, especially with no Nathan Cleary in the Panthers side. But you can't write the Penrith Panthers off. If you're thinking that they're not going to be there at the end of the year, the Panthers, uh, you've got rocks in your head. They're, they're well drilled and well coached. Got to remember, Ivan's got a whole new coaching staff. You know, no Trent Barrett, no, no um, Andrew Webster, no Seraldo. And defensively, they keep turning in these defensive performances um, do do the Penrith Panthers and score points. So that's that's why they they've won two comps, you know, because defensively they get their game right. Um, but yeah, it's a really tight competition. I, like we said, I'm really looking forward to the Warriors. They've got to win a couple of these next three before they go into their bye. Otherwise, we'll find ourselves outside the eight and really chasing on the way home. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, great text coming in here on double eight double three. The Timber Bed Post text machine. Keep those coming in. Uh, we will take a short break off the back fence coming up. And uh, don't forget, uh, Jeremy Coney is going to join us in around about twenty minutes' time. The Mantis, part of our SEN commentary team, to talk uh, about the Ashes and some of the controversy and drama that's taken place over the last five days. Izzy and Kempe here for breakfast. Uh, thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Fuel like the All Blacks with Healthspan Elite Ultimate Whey Protein, 750 grams from Chemist Warehouse, now $49.99. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Well, it wasn't what we all expected on Friday night when 22,000 wet fans thought the Warriors would get the job done against a depleted South outfit. Man, the competition this year has just been crazy. And how good were the Rabbits? Defensively strong and simply offensively outstanding. However, another issue has taken centre stage for me and it just shows that the game in this country is so broken. In fact, it's an absolute basket case when it comes to clubs trying to build success from the grassroots up to the NRL. This latest news of an Auckland Rugby League partnership with Australia's, that's right, Australia's Manly is another very unfortunate nail in the Warriors' recruitment drive. As our national body, the NZRL, sits idly by, picking up massive salaries, they are simply allowing this type of activity to be sanctioned. I'd like us all just a moment to have a thought. 
for the game in this country. More importantly, let's think about the kids that want to play for our NRL Warriors team before anyone else. Could you imagine Christ College in Christchurch signing a deal to send all their boys to Australia instead of the Crusaders? Firstly, would the NZR ever entertain this type of rating of their cupboards? And secondly, can you seriously see the Crusaders just sit there and take this corporate rating on the chin? Currently in New Zealand, Rugby League has a dictatorial structure that is driven by the national body locally and is completely toothless when it comes to the international game. That spineless structure has now allowed the Auckland Rugby League to invite Manly and others into the Warriors' backyard. The question is, when will the NRL step in and stop this nonsense? I've said it all along, the NRL needs to run our New Zealand game. In rugby league terms, we should be classed as the third state, but more importantly, we should be as professionally governed and operationally run as New South Wales and Queensland are by the people that know their state and are accountable to the game. I can feel the Warriors' frustration. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. How does this happen, Kempy? Like the Warriors and sitting there in Auckland and Auckland Rugby uh, League go and jump in bed with Manly right on their doorstep without um, any repercussion or any, any kind of acknowledgement or anything. Like, How does this happen in, in this game? Like you're saying that there's just no accountability, there's no one really governing what's going on here. If the NRL are to do what you're saying, doesn't that open up the the Auckland, New Zealand region, particularly for all of the NRL and, and, and the, all the, the teams? Thing, the thing with it is that the NRL are actively in this country raiding our ranks, all right? And they do it unsanctioned. That's, that's, the, that's the problem. The national body has to sanction any movement into this country of rugby league. It just That's how it happens. Um, and they're not doing that. So, you know, you're getting the eyes picked out of all the best talent. The Warriors are always on the back foot. And uh, this latest one about the Auckland Rugby League partnering up with me. You know the, you know the, the sad thing about this? The, war, the, the Warriors and the, and the Auckland Rugby League are 50 metres away from each other. <laughs> wow. That's how, that's how close. You could get a tennis ball, you could hit both organisations. And of course, the Auckland Rugby League holds 50% no of the participation rates. There's something going on. And, and I can feel Cam George's frustration here when he's trying to build a development pathway when you've got Harold Matthews Jersey flag which is 16s 18s they're trying to get a 20s comp going and of course you've got the reserve grade first grade going you're building those pathways in and now we've got to put up with this I just think it's it lacks leadership hey, um, know, from, the, from the national body Hey Kempe they had uh, Cam George on the run home on Friday at Mount Smart he actually was asked about this by uh, by Kim and Beeve and I think Kez has got a little cut here from his reaction to, uh, to when they asked him about it Yeah I mean everything to me um, meant more to the fans, which they deserve it, but the players wholly and solely put in the hard work and, you know, along with Webby. Uh, I, I know what it means to them. Um, we see it, but I just see the happiness and the collective attitude that they've got to doing something that hasn't been done before, and that's win. And we want to win the competition, but to do that, you've got to win as many games mm. as you can yeah. to get there. So, um, But it would just mean everything to everyone. I like just... Honestly, you can't put into words what it would mean to us if we were ever to be able to have a home final here or oh. even get to the big dance. And 
Mate, if we get there, you won't see me for a yep. month. Though. So <laughs> that's, uh, that's one of your best, Sammy. That was the wrong cut. Not my fault. It was not. That, that's the, that was the wrong cut. They did. They did him on. The, he was very fiery about it, though, um, Kempi. He was uh, very we'll, we'll upset about that. it. And. We will get the cut for you. We, we might play it after news, sport, and weather. But yeah, very, very um, frustrated. And and I would I would feel like, and I could be wrong here, Kim, but you know it better than, than we do. But I f- would feel like the Warriors are more open to having the conversation than New Zealand Rugby League are. Well, or, or Auckland Rugby League. Sorry for my, that matter. That, that's my that's my point. You've got a national body, like they're called the national body. They're the NZR. They're the guys down the down the right road from us, aren't they? Right in our offices, right next door that make all the, the decisions. Can you seriously, Izzy, see Christ College being raided by an Australian school and the Crusaders sitting there doing nothing, but more importantly, NZR allowing that to happen? No. No, I cannot. <laughs> no, I cannot. And that's why I can't understand it all, Kippy. It's, it's ludicrous. Knowing that the, the Warriors are 30, 50 metres away from Auckland Rugby League and they've allowed Manly to come over and uh, have first dibs on the next generation of players. It is crazy, and it's, it's not surprising, though, Gimpy. I'm not surprised that uh, most of our best talent just gets raided because we've heard of it before. 15-year-olds down here getting scouted from the you know Gold Coast with the universities on it. It's happening everywhere. Um, whether you can stop everyone, you can't, but the communication needs to be better. For rugby league and and the Warriors and, and Auckland rugby league like that that's just I just can't understand that fifty meters down the road and then they're jumping in bed with someone else. Well, we'll uh, we'll keep that going, uh, boys, and we'll try and get that Cam George cut as well after New Sport and Weather. Uh, text us here on double eight double three if you want to react to that. Uh, we've also got to talk to Izzy about uh, this uh, World Rugby and Sands uh, coalition to start a global competition in twenty twenty six. Uh, we're actually going to be chatting with uh, Brett Impey, former New Zealand rugby chair, after 8 o'clock to get his thoughts on this. Um, it is going to shake up the international landscape in a big way. Uh, we'll take a break for new sport and weather, though. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Uh, powered by Kubota, together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Izzy and Kimby for breakfast, uh, 25 minutes away from 8 o'clock. Time for some headlines now uh, with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. Power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass, lads. Uh, Alongside Daniel Hillier, who won the uh, British Masters this morning, fantastic result from the young Kiwi in pockets, a a nice little payday as well. Uh, Ricky Fowler, he's uh, won the playoff against Colin Morikawa and uh, the Canadian golfer uh, Adam Hadwin in the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Fowler's having a great year this year. Gee, he's flying. And, uh, My favourite golfer, Sammy. Yeah. First time in five years. Come on, man. Yeah. He's back. Back in the orange on the final day, which is great to see, and, uh, and getting, the, getting the W. Um, we also got told uh, by one of the callers there, uh, the first stage of the Tour de France over the weekend, uh, the twin brothers. Twin brothers as well. They're not just brothers. They're twin brothers. Adam Yates and Simon Yates, separate teams. They battled it out in uh, the, the closing stages of that first stage, uh, and it was uh, Adam who pulled away from his twin brother on the first stage. Uh, Victor Lafay, the Frenchman, won stage two uh, this morning. And uh, the other headline that uh, really made waves over the weekend, boys, was this World Rugby and Sanzar coalition to take place in 2020. 26, a global competition at the end of the year involving essentially the biggest nations in the world. In, in essence, Izzy, it's it's uh, it's a World Cup 
every every two years. <laughs> uh, and and the question I want to ask is two questions I want to ask for you. First of all, how how difficult is it going to be for the players now, particularly All Blacks, who are now going to have such a tough competition at the end of the year after a very long season? And the other question is, what's this going to do to the World Cup? Is it going to you know dilute the World Cup in, in some capacity? Mm. Um, there's a lot of thought process to go on about that for sure. Uh, talking about the player management and player workload, I think the players will be okay. Obviously, um, you know, like with the Super Rugby the way it is at the moment, is it demanding on the body as it was back a few years ago? Probably not. So um, this is a great opportunity to allow us to play Northern Hemisphere teams and other teams. You know, that's probably what we're lacking at the moment, Sammy and Kempi, like. The All Blacks are opportunities to play teams from the north on a on a time and time after time is probably the thing that we're lacking at the moment. So when we get an opportunity like this where we can play each other more, we don't get left behind. So I'm excited for it. I think it's new. It's 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 entertaining. It's something that New Zealand and World Rugby had to do because we're getting left behind, particularly with the Five Nations, Six Nations up in the north. That competition is thriving at the moment. They've got numbers watching it. The the numbers that are watching it on broadcasting and TV is just flying at the moment. We need to do something. So we're jumping on the coattails of the North, and this is a good opportunity where we get to see the best players from the South take on the North. So, look, I'm excited by it. And then, obviously, the new t- inclusion of two teams. Who will that be? I'm predicting a, a Fiji or a Japan, potentially, that will come into the fold to make it a 12-team setup. And then they've got a Tier 2 competition to allow a promotion relegation situation so I think it's great I absolutely think it's what's rugby's needed at the moment something new innovating and uh, entertaining we're getting left behind and does it dilute the world cup there are probably questions about that does it probably take away the gloss of the world cup Mm, you could probably say yes but the world cup will always be the world cup that great little golden web web Alice trophy that's up for grabs that only many a couple have been able had the opportunity to win is is the, the obviously the icing on the cage but um well, yeah, I, I think it's good. Just, I'm, I'm excited about it, it they just call it the world championship is you know what I mean they have it mm. they have those like athletics through the worlds and then the the Olympics and you know all that yeah. sort of stuff um your way I think I think it's a really good concept. I like the second tier competition going underneath it as well because then you're watching mm. the growth. It, it's sort of you know the pathways for fans, for coaches, for players um, around the world that are on a on a world stage. I think it's a a very good promotion uh, relegation mm. setup. So, you know, is there too much football? That that's always the question. Where does the where does the player agencies and the and the association see the commodity, which is the player, um, in this whole setup, do they say it's too much? Do they say it's you know okay? I think that's the that's the the small print that we have to look out here. But as far as going up there, you're dead right about the Six Nations. You're basically just expanding on that to a 12 team competition, and it'd be fantastic. And wrapping, con- I think it's a. And wrapping context, sorry, sorry, Sammy. Yeah, wrapping context around like those uh, Northern Hemisphere games at the end of the year. Is he like? I mean, we all love watching the All Blacks play and love watching them play those Northern Hemisphere teams. But there's nothing really on the line other than you know seeing nah. them play. So, so wrapping a little bit of context, almost like the World Test Championship, and giving those games meaning, um, I think will keep fans interested as well. 
Yeah, look, and, and it, yeah, it creates something different. Like, it's not just a money grab. And, and that's the thing, like, this is, there's going to be some money generated through this. Where does this go? This hopefully goes to the Tier 2 nations to, to build them up, create pathways, give them resources to allow them to perform and compete. But, um, and just touching on the game and how many games have been played, in the North, they play a hell, lot, hell of a lot more rugby than the South. Mm. Clubs up there uh, have so much control over players, so there needs to be that, that uni- unity there. And I think the player management down south is probably a lot more educated than the north. They, they, they have a lot of more um, accountability for it. So good conversation. Brent Impey coming up after eight. Looking forward to chatting to him. And then Steve Hansen, we'll have a pre-record of him later today and get his thoughts and play for you tomorrow. So plenty coming up. Yeah, and uh, and Shag's always been big on the global calendar, so I'm sure he's going to have some very interesting thoughts. So there's some headlines for you. Uh, trades uh, and tradies and builders power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. We'll take a break here on Izzy and Kibby for breakfast. When we come back, the Mantis, Jeremy Coney, live out of the UK to wrap the Ashes test number two. Support your immune health this winter with Go Healthy from Chemist Warehouse. Now 20% off the entire range. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Yeah, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. We are coming up to 8 o'clock Newsborne weather not far away. I was so desperate to talk about Kempi's guitar playing, which is features on our Instagram story, because, <laughs> oh my word, Tony Kemp, it looks like you've never picked that thing up in your life. Uh, but, first time, first but, time, well, first time picked yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah, you can tell. But um, Kez, Kez told me we do have to get to the Choices Flooring Pole for the morning, which we didn't talk about between uh, six and seven. Uh, that is with Room View, design, visualise and create your perfect floor with Room View. Uh, so we are picking the sporting we- uh, moment of the weekend. We had uh, Daniel Hillier winning the British Masters this morning. We had Marcelo Montoya the first try score against the Warriors and Kempe uh, getting everyone paid on that one. We've got Shane Van Gisbergen third on the grid for NASCAR and we've also got the Johnny Bairstow run out. What was your sporting moment of the weekend? You can vote on the Choices Flooring poll, discover your signature style and enjoy a virtual design experience with Choices Flooring's room view and we will reveal the uh, results at around about 8.30. New sport and weather coming up and then after 8 o'clock, Brett Impey, the former New Zealand rugby chair, he's going to talk through this World Rugby Sands uh, coalition and, uh, and all the groundwork that they had laid over the years. How good is it to see it finally come to fruition? We have news coming up with Araha for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Fuel like the All Blacks with Healthspan Elite Ultimate Whey Protein, 750 grams from Chemist Warehouse, now $49.99. This is Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. Fast right here, doing really well through the last few corners. Can he make it count? Oh, he looks good. jump. Yes, Ben Gisbergen at the top of the chart, but look out for Button. Books. The North Queensland Cowboys have annihilated the West's Tigers. It's been a massacre. 74 to nil. Ashley Klein blows the whistle and the game ends with the Rabbitohs taking the two points in convincing fashion. 28 points to six, five tries to one. And you've got to say the second half was where they really went about their work. 
Yes, welcome back. Izzy Kempe for breakfast, SENZ. Sammy Hewitt in the hot seat there in Auckland, holding the fort down, doing a great job, brother. Great to have you part of the team for the next couple of weeks. Ricardo's away. What's he up to? What is he on holiday? Yeah, what is he up to? Yeah, I don't even know. What's he up to, Kempe? Oh, geez, right now, sleeping. The big man. He's, <laughs> he's like a bear as he goes into hibernation for two he's weeks. In, he, it is the middle of winter. He's got a cave somewhere and he's got the big pillow and a duvet and he's just, he's snuggled up somewhere. I thought he might have texted in this morning, but no, none of that. No, no, he ain't like you, Kimby. He's sleeping, mate. He is definitely <laughs> sleeping, Sammy. Hey, and uh, going, going from Paint It Black, which is just a, such an iconic tune, and uh, that, that guitar riff in the background there, just amazing. And uh, doing his best rendition of that this morning, uh, Tony Kemp with the uh, with the six string there up in Kitty Kitty. And uh, you might have even Got been playing... Got a couple of strings missing on that you might, Well, you might have been playing it left-handed as well, Kempe, not that you knew that. <laughs> uh, I think Kez has even got uh, the, the wee melodic tune that you were playing in the background. Oh, is he? <laughs> Yeah, that sounds awesome. What is that? Sing along, Kimby. Turn it off, my ears. <laughs> What's the time, Mr. <laughs> What's the time? <laughs> oh, there was a crash and burn towards the end of that. Kimpy. Oh. <laughs> One, I don't know if your fingers will be able to strum with how fat they are. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> oh, two, oh, were you holding the guitar up the right way? Like, did you, you have what, it all sorted? He, was, he had it up against hey, his look, chin like a violin. Don't take the mic, don't take the Mickey out of that. that. That there is actually my dad's guitar. He passed away in 1991, and I've held on to that guitar. It sat in my lounge for many, many years, and every now and then I just pick it up and. Just hit, hit those chords, those beautiful melodies. Oh, Every now and then, you mean like once a year? Or? <laughs> yeah, don't try and make us feel bad, Kempi. Oh, Come once, on, mate. Once, once every 20 years. Once every 20 years, I'll pick it up. <laughs> oh, we'll, have to, we'll have to get you some it's lessons somewhere along the way. Hey, um, boys, uh, Brent, I'll be coming up very, very shortly, New Ze- former New Zealand rugby chairman. But uh, something that I did actually need to bring up with you. Um, so you know the whole Elon Musk, uh, Mark Zuckerberg uh, scrap oh, yeah. that uh, everyone's talking about? and. Regardless of whether you uh, whether you think it's a beat up or not, it's going to be box office when they actually do fight. The government of Italy has sent a letter. I think it was to Zuckerberg, asking them to do it at the Colosseum. Is that legit? No Is that legit? I've seen that news too, and I'm thinking, nah. It was, what's the date? April? No, it's not April. It was from TMZ, and um, and they reckon that they received an official government letter. They've they've got the leak, um, sort of saying that they want to stage it at the Coliseum. Uh, you know, sort of gladiators get in the ring, as it were. It'll be a limited event because they can't fit that many people in there. Um, but then they actually did come out the government and sort of say, oh no, that's BS. That's that's not true. But TMZ are pretty big on it. They're like, this is an official letter. We got it from someone within the government, etc. Uh, so a lot of questions around it. The last time someone actually performed there was Paul McCartney in 2003. Did a show to 400 people. So uh, it's it's a it's and a quaint. Paid 400 million. Uh, $1,500 a person, I think it was for that one. But uh, it'll be a quaint <laughs> venue. But uh, yeah, all eyes will be on them. That the two gladiators going at it, Zuckerberg and Musk. Oh. I'll be interesting to see who wins that. Anyway, lads, we better get on to our next guest. We've got Brent Impey, NZR, former chairman for my time in the jersey. He's a good man and great to catch up with Brent. How you doing, Brent? 
G'day, Izzy. How are you, man? I thought you'd be on about uh, Alex Carey, eh? In a big t- in a big time this morning. Oh, mate, <laughs> we've been talking plenty about that. We've been talking yeah. plenty about the situation that happened over there, mate. No surprises, eh? No love lost between those two teams. Trevor Chapel, number two, eh? <laughs> Don't bring it up, mate. Don't bring it up. All right, Brent. Obviously, big news Help. with the uh, the Six Nations Sansa joining forces to launch a new global rugby competition. I know you've been a supporter uh, of this uh, for a while now, and it's come. It's happening, mate. Are you happy? Oh, very. I think it's great. I think you know New Zealand rugby has been a real driver of this. Uh, Mark Robinson during the time he was. Our world rugby representative uh, Steve Chu, myself, uh, our board, we, we were the, we were the drivers, you know. When uh, mm. with the Sansa side of it, it uh, reminds me of a meeting in Dublin. I think it was about a two eighteen world rugby, where Sansa was in favour of this competition, adding Japan and Fiji in, and it was blocked essentially by the home nations uh, because they wouldn't accept promotion relegation, and it went big. Then back to the drawing board, but I think it's uh, I think it's terrific, um, and I've just been reading actually the the Herald columnist Gregor Paul on it, and I completely disagree with him. So you can ask me anything. So so what do you disagree with, Brent? Like what what is what are the I guess the pros and cons that people really need to listen to? Well, let's look at the pros first of all. The pros is that um, uh, every match that is played is for something. It's for a competition. It's not essentially a friendly or just a tour. So, so it goes towards points, and um, there's that side of it. There's an economic benefit because it'll attract more television because the games are, uh, are meaningful. Thirdly, um, it means that um, countries, and I suspect it must be Fiji and Japan who are added, um, uh, it gives them a lift up into playing regular Tier 1 rugby. Uh, the next challenge is uh, around the Tier 2 nations. And in Europe, they've pretty well got this sorted. Um, leaving aside the, the testy issue of promotion relegation from six nations, Rugby Europe this year uh, introduced an eight-team competition, a really interesting competition that worked fantastically for them. So they divided into two divisions. Tell me if I'm boring you. On the west side, they had um, Spain, Portugal, Netherlands and Belgium. On the east side, they had Germany, Romania, Georgia and Poland. So you played each other and then the top two played the other top two, etc. And all over in five games and Georgia was the champion. Now imagine putting that into the uh, outside of Europe and having a competition which could include the likes of the five teams who are in the World Cup. So there'd be Tonga, Samoa, Uruguay, Chile, Namibia, and add the States, Canada, and say Hong Kong, what a competition you've got, an opportunity for them to grow as well. What sort of figures are we talking here for the generation, uh, generational wealth that could be raised in these competitions? And where would this money be going uh, particularly? And who has the control of this money, Brent? World Rugby does, because it's a World Rugby competition, pretty much like uh, the World Cup, where they uh, they take they, they take the money and then they distribute it out. Um, uh, so it's a, it's a World Rugby benefit. There are clearly going to be benefits to those countries who uh, are participating. It will it would run into the millions. I'm not close enough now to it to give you um, anything regarding accuracy regarding the television figures because not only would it be um, television but they'd be 
driving online a lot of online content with it you know uh for example the big hits the tries etc hey Brent, just uh before we, we touch on the all blacks just with this uh this global reach i guess you can call it the americas the asias uh and the media rights and all that is this more about growing the game globally for media rights and, and potentially the olympics um, not the Olympics because uh, the Olympics is, is the is the sevens event, so I don't see the Olympics as being relevant to it at all. Uh, definitely in terms of of growing the game, there are um, there are countries outside of the top tier of nations who are really uh, are, are really growing. I mean, the very fact that Chile could knock out the USA um, for a space in the World Cup, then Portugal did the same. Uh, Spain, the growth is has been quite substantial. Um, South America has definitely gone ahead. Uruguay is stronger than it was. So the opportunity to grow the game in these countries, it's interesting. When you go to them, uh, there's excitement about how rugby is growing as a sport. You get back to New Zealand and it's all doom and gloom because of, uh, of whatever. So it just depends on the environment you're in. The conversations when your time... Brent, when you were in, in the seat with New Zealand NZR, with the Six Nations in the North, were those conversations open or were they dominated more by the North? I, I'm just asking this question right now because North have a pretty uh, supreme product at the moment with Six Nations. The, the traction that they're getting at the moment is huge. Were they open to, to listening to the South, knowing with what the competition we have down here, do we still hold all the cards? Who holds all the power at the moment? Well, as far as the power is concerned, um, you saw that in the World Cup vote when uh, Bill Beaumont uh, beat uh, Gus Pichot by, I think it was 28 mm. votes to 24. So the North, the North has, quote, the power, unquote. Uh, however, go back to things like the 215 World Cup where the four semi-finalists will Sanzar. Uh, that's changed. There's no question that uh, the rugby product over there has got uh, significantly stronger. Just look at the under-20 tournament at the moment and the, mm. and the strength being shown by you know, countries like Ireland and France. So um, no question that, uh, that the North has got uh, significantly stronger. Brent, just a, a, a question I raised before in and around the participation. Would, what part do you see the Players Association playing in this as far as um, duty of care to the players if the competitions are, I guess, increasing down, down here in the south? Uh, absolutely critical. Um, there's, uh, I think the relationship between um, New Zealand Rugby and the Players Association around player welfare has been very positive. Yes, we've, we've had um, issues over, over other things, but player welfare in terms of the number of games a player has the rest periods, uh, they are constant matters of, um, of discussion. And I think, by and large, New Zealand handles that uh, pretty well uh, compared to, say, if you, if you go over, um, as Ian, you play rugby in France for, uh, for a couple of years, you're playing a heck of a lot more rugby than you are if you're playing super rugby here and you get picked for the All Blacks. So the, the difference is about, what, five or six games per year, and that's a lot mm. at this sort of level. Just before we uh, before we let you go, Brent, we do appreciate um, having you on the show. Very interesting points that you have made. Uh, how's it been for you now, I guess, not being as close to it, observing it from afar? You obviously still <laughs> take a very keen interest in it. But, uh, yeah, is it, is it interesting sitting on the, other, on the other side of the fence? 
<laughs> it's a funny question that. Um, rugby is something when you're involved, which is 24-7. You know, you wake up at three in the morning and you're thinking about the bloody Nations Championship or whatever it is. Um, <laughs> uh, when, when, when I finished in April 22, I decided to distance myself from it, both for my own good and also for the good of rugby. And I believe when you resign from the Navy, you're out of the Navy. So I've kept way out of it. Um, and uh, that's been good. Didn't really go to, to any games, really, until the Women's World Cup semis and final. Come back into it a little bit now. I've uh, just become a director and chair of the Fiji Drua, uh, and that's a great challenge for us um, to build that nice. team uh, over the next few years. Um, so that's that's my sort of sole rugby focus at the moment, and, in fact, I'm going up to Fiji today as part of that. Hey Brent, oh, just on that, that's that's great news. And, and like obviously, we've touched on it through, throughout our show is the challenges that the Pacific nations have at the moment. When you've got a platform to able to showcase all your talent in the islands, how difficult is it to to retain those players? Is that part of your process? Do you want to see them go offshore and and better themselves, make a potential career, um, you know, career life earnings? Or how are you ensuring that they stay here? If you know what I mean, like you've, you've, you're putting these yeah, players on, yeah. the, on the platform and they're going to get swooped from the Europe because most of the Fijian players go to Europe. How do we stop that? Is that a challenge for you yeah. and Fiji Drua? Massive challenge. I mean, that is the challenge. So um, we've lost a couple of players who are going to um, Europe following this year's Super Rugby competition. Uh, only two, though. Um, and the money that we're paying uh, at the moment is not sufficient to be able to mm. stop the very best from going to Europe, or is it enough to attract the very best back uh, to, to play in Fiji? However, uh, that's why this is um, a commercial operation, and the, mm. the aim will be over a few more years to attract more revenue into the into the club and to be able to uh, make it attractive for Fijians, A, to stay at home, uh, and that, a lot of that involves development programs, etc., and um, and also to potentially attract some players back. It's interesting at the moment, the Fiji Flyers, you know, the, the World Cup team, um, is coming together and training at the Drewers training ground in Nandi. Uh, so um, it, it's about connections, it's about money, it's about making sure the environment is right. Um, give us, give us, give us uh, three or four years and uh, give us a call back and see how we're going. Oh, no, we'd love to do that. And I'm sure it, uh, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how it all develops. Uh, Brent, I really appreciate you coming on. As we said, great to get your thoughts on this uh, on this new World Rugby competition, which we are all excited about in a couple of years' time. Uh, so thanks heaps for coming on. No problem. See you guys. Have a good day. There you go, Brent Emmy there, the uh, former NZR chairman. And, uh, yeah, pretty bullish on that competition. Like you, like you said, Izzy, he, uh, he and Shag and a few others have been big uh, <laughs> you know, uh, promoters of it over the years, but have always faced that big old stonewall that is the North. Uh, so good to get yeah, it over the, the line. North. Yeah, look, they are holding a lot of the power at the moment. We've always been, you know, so confident with how the South have been going over years, but the North are slowly keep catching up. And I think there was a question when you talked about player w- workload and player welfare, Kempi. Like the North, traditionally, with all the clubs up there, with the French top of competition, Heineken Cup, etc., etc., there is just a lot more games for them. So I don't have any problems for player welfare really down here in the South because we've got a great connection with the Rugby Players Association and NZR with player management. And I know it's been topical throughout the year because World Cup year, we want to see our best players playing.
But player welfare is is a big is at the forefront of their conversations. Over in the north, they don't have any of that. Any of that. You play club footy, you play the Heineken Cup, and you go back and play next week for Toulouse in the top fourteen. There is no rest. You are just rolled in week in, week out. But hey, they yeah. get on with it. Yeah, it, just a different setup down here. Eh? That's why I asked the question. There's there's two mm. things going on in my head at the moment. The first thing is the names that he was rolling out. I went, I mean, that's the Americas, and then the other one was the Asias. And you know through TV and media deals that this here is about a TV media rights deal. Mm. All right, mm-hmm. so they're grow, growing that competition so that they can grow that pool of wealth. Mm. Now, where does that wealth go? That was a great question by you. Like, who gets their hands on it? And the second, the second part of that is that the Players Association here is totally different to the setup up north. So the Players Association, and I, I'm guaranteeing that they're smart people, will be going, well, if you're going to grow that revenue pool by so much, what's that actually mean to our players down here? So we're not mm-hmm. just growing a pool of money for you to, to put into this organisation with your 12 teams and your second tier plan. We actually want to be paid well enough for it. And I can see that the Americas and the Asias, uh, with where these teams come from, is the media that they're trying to attract so that they can get more people paying their subscriptions to pay for this game. Yeah, it is it's very, very interesting to see uh, also what's going to take place between now and 2026 to see uh, sort of how the, the schedule is going to work and, and where the game's going to be played, etc. Uh, give us a text on double eight double three, the Timber Bedpost text machine. Let us know uh, how you th- how you view it, the, this uh, this new global competition. Uh, will it dilute any other form of the game for you, whether that's Rugby mm. Championship or World Cup or perhaps even you know the domestic rugby now, more international rugby probably does mean a bit more rest and rotation for the All Blacks. Um, so is that, you know, are we going to see a little bit more dilution of of NPC and Super Rugby, that's uh, that's another question to ask as well. Hey boys, a little bit of breaking news. Um, Zoe Hobbs uh, over in Switzerland has just smashed um, the Olympic qualifying time for the 100 metres. She's run 10.96 uh, under 11 seconds again. It's the second time she's done it and that is um, nearly 0.1 of a second faster than the Olympic qualification time. So she's going uh, to Paris next year for the 100 metres, which awesome. is awesome news for her. And 10.96, jeepers. That was that was what Tony Kemp was running at you know the height of his, <laughs> of his rugby league career, wasn't it, Kempy? Oh yeah, probably just just in front of her actually. What is it? What are, what are your PBs, lads? Do you do you know what your hundred meter PBs are off the top of your head? Eleven nine was um, eleven nine. Okay, mm. sub twelve. I think it was eleven one. Bare feet. Ooh, yes. Bare feet as well. <laughs> but hey, that's, that was a on the stopwatch. Gra- on the grass Bang. track, yeah. And then, oh, there we go. Yeah. You don't know when he's passing. No, I, I can't. I think it was a little one, but that might be out Hand, the gates. So I don't know. Hand time on the grass track where uh, <laughs> the caretaker has only measured out 80 metres, but you'll uh, <laughs> claim it. For 1096, that is absolutely rapid from, from Zoe Hobbs. Uh, lots of text. Well done, Zoe. Lots, yeah, well done, too. Lots, <laughs> lots of texts coming through here on double eight double three, and a couple more headlines I want to bring to the boys as well, but we will take a break, Twenty three. Three minutes past eight here on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. For year-round allergies and hay fever, try to Mr. Nasal Spray from Chemist Warehouse, only $34.99. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Without you, girl. Yeah. Oh, 
Oh, yeah, man, that's just uncanny how well that guitar playing fits that song. 29 minutes past eight here on Issy and Kempi for breakfast. Uh, lads, just before we get to some actual news, a couple more headlines for you from around the world thanks to Kennard's Hire. Too easy weekend. Uh, are either of you, or have either of you, ever played pickleball before? Never. You know what, what it is? is? It? You know what it is, Pickle Kempi? in a ball? No, nah, it's got nothing to do with pickles. But it's I've got uh, no, no idea. It's, no idea what it's you're essentially about. it's essentially a smaller tennis court with like sort of wooden pedals as opposed to like tennis rackets, and you just play in a much more confined space. Yeah, but it's uh, it's uh, tennis. Is that what they call it? Pad yeah, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's. Yeah, um, okay. I've played plenty of that. Yeah, well, it's it's absolutely taking off in the United States. It is starting to actually get a little bit big here, but it's taking off in the United States so much so that it is now one of the number one noise co- uh, noise complaint uh, offences around New York City at the moment because everyone's playing pickleball and you, all, all everyone's hearing are just these balls going back and forth off these sort of wooden rackets. And so it's now becoming the number one noise complaint around New York City. So uh, there you go. You know how to tick off your neighbour there. The other one is, um, boys, I don't know if you're a um, Indiana Jones uh, fan. You've, if you've seen the, uh, I mean, I love the, the early Ford. movies. Yeah, Harrison Ford, yep. Kempi, you'd be a you'd be a big fan, wouldn't you, of the movies? Oh, there you go. Myself as a bit of a Harrison Ford type character. You could crack you could crack a whip as well, couldn't you? Oh, easy, mate. Yeah, in both hands. Yeah, you Metaphoric, metaphorically as well. Um, well, the new the new uh, the new Indiana Jones films just dropped. Unfortunately, Harrison Ford doesn't look like the you know the the muscly forty year old that he once was. Um, he's got plenty That's of great hair. Yeah. So um, it's not doing too well at the box office, right? The ratings are okay. It's about 70% on Rotten Tomatoes, but cash-wise not making nearly as much money as they put into it. Do you know how much Harrison Ford gets paid? This is what his fee was for the movie. Can, it, can you have a stat? Hundred bill, jeepers! Settle down. I'm going to go. I'm going to go twenty mil. Oh, you're spot on, Tony Kemp. Twenty million dollars is Harrison Ford's fee, um, and a big chunk of that also goes to his agent. Imagine being an agent of an actor like that, where you just he gets the parts for you know that you you don't even have to go out looking. He just gets them in his hand, gets twenty mil. You take ten percent. Where you go? Nice. 20 million. Better than doing anything else, I reckon. Mm. So, anyway. Anyway, at the box office now, if you do want to go and. uh, So, not a fan. Have you been yet? You haven't been yet? No, I haven't seen seen it yet, but um, I probably will. uh, I'm a big Indiana Jones fan, but um, I just feel like those ones, the longer they go on, the worse they get. You know, the actors age, the stories get a little bit tired. Are you a movies man or cinema or just at home waiting for it to come out? I think you have to go to the cinema for for an Indiana Jones. I reckon you have to. Okay. You need I, like IMAX. Maybe IMAX. Get the full yeah. immersion. You know. It'll you be need v- IMAX with those glasses you're wearing. You can't see a normal screen. <laughs> <laughs> These, hey, they're, they're, they're 3D as well. Did you know, Kimby? They're 3D glasses as well. Um, <laughs> You two, one thing I'm, you, you two have been working together for a very long time, haven't you? I was listening to Run It Straight and the commentary, and I'm like, man, these guys just rip into each other. Yeah. It's so good. And what you got to know as well, Izzy, is that um, HR's dealing with about 50 complaints. They just keep coming in every single day. They can't keep on top of them. So until until they get through all the paperwork, unfortunately, Kempi and I are here to stay. Uh, so the next two weeks is going to be fun. Um, yeah, especially when Kempi's... He, 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 he said, it is what 
actually told the big bosses. He said, mate, as soon as he found out I was on the show, he said, mate, I can't work with them. I'm, I'm going up to Kirikiri. I'm and, out. Yeah. And so it's TBC whether he actually comes down this afternoon. But anyway, those are your... Uh, two weeks, I'll be back. Those are your headlines <laughs> thanks to Kennard's High. Two easy weekend, two days high for the price of one visitor branch today. T's and C's apply. Uh, we'll take a break for a new sport and weather with Aroha and Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. After that, we'll go to the TAB catch up with Paulie Mawati. Twenty-five minutes away from nine here on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Also twenty-five minutes away from NASCAR in Chicago, where uh, the Giz Shane Van Gisbergen is starting third on the grid. We're going to keep our eyes on that across the morning because he is a good shot for a podium. Couple of texts that have just come in here, lads. Charlie says saw Indiana Jones yesterday. Not bad. Seven out of ten. That's from Charlie. Oh, really? And uh, mm. was that Charlie Waite? I wouldn't trust it. I wouldn't trust it. <laughs> it was from Charlie Waite. Oh, do you know trust the Taranaki boy, Kempi? I thought you well, two were. No, nah, not from my Okra. Oh, okay, sure. And uh, Eastie is texting saying, Pickleball, played for the first time uh, for the first time last week at the Pickleball Club here in Fidianga. Unreal game. Similar skills to squash and tennis. If you play played paddleball at primary school, you'll love it. Get on it. Uh, and that is from uh, Eastie. And, and just talking about Harrison Ford, lads, um, I was talking to Kez this morning because I don't know if you know, but his dad's basically best mates with um, Harrison Ford. He's met him a couple of times. Apparently he comes down to New Zealand here to Southland to do a you know, a hike uh, on the yearly basis. I did meet him once when uh, Quentin Tarantino brought a film to New Zealand with Zoe Bell, who was a, who was a Kiwi stunt woman, and they did yeah. the premiere in Newmarket there. So uh, that was a yeah, lot. She's of... from Ponsonby, Zoe Bell. Eh? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I've they, had, I've had, I've had dinner with her a couple of times. The, 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 you are you talking about the stunt one, the stunt yeah. woman? Have you have yeah, you now? Have you now, Tony? No, I don't. I don't Franco, was it? I, now, look, I, just before we get to point oh, ninety, I need to. I need to. I need to preface <laughs> this. So, um, I told the boys before the show that I wanted to play a little game where, throughout the show, we tell uh, a lie each throughout the three hours, and if the other two can pick up on it, then uh, then they get a point. You lose a point. Uh, if you get through the whole show with your lie without them picking up on it, then you get a point. And I think. Tony Kemp's just told a big fat lie there with Zoe Bell and having dinner with her in Ponsonby, <laughs> Tony Kemp. <laughs> I think it is well. I think you're lying. Oh, are you lying? Kempe, are you lying? Oh, uh, yeah, no. I, well, I had lunch at the same place. I didn't have it with her. <laughs> <laughs> He's done about four this morning. And, yeah, yeah, that's I'm a problem. That, oh, I was going to say, we, I got you to send him through to Kez so that I knew they were actually genuine. We are just making up the whole show. But here's Tony Kemp. I can't believe a word that comes out of your mouth, including your guitar playing. Uh, but there you go. Uh, let's get to, let's cut the carnage and get to Paulie Moati from the TAB. Please, oh. you can bet on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. Uh, Paulie Moati, let's hope uh, no lies get spoken in the next three or four minutes. No, nothing from me. It's any, just the truth that comes out of my mouth, to be fair. But boy, oh boy, the alarms went off here at Petoni on the weekend. Um, apparently, Izzy got a multi-up. Uh, and uh, the, the, the office just went crazy. I'll tell you what, I'm going to call that one a lie as well. <laughs> no. <laughs> I got paid. Arrowhead, Lenox, Marcelo Montoya. Dang, he got paid. Paulie. Did anyone else get paid? Oh, there were plenty that got paid. Not with the Warriors result, unfortunately. Um, that didn't go punter's way. But no. boy, oh boy, the, the Cowboys. Um, that certainly turned things around. Plenty of punters 
um, jumping on the Cowboys and then reinvesting the next day on the um, Newcastle Knights. So, yeah, it was a big sort of bounce back for punters after the Warriors uh, weren't able to get the job done. But I heard you mention uh, Shane Van Gisbergen. He's now fourth favourite with us to win the Grant Park 220 uh, in the NASCARs uh, later on this morning. You could have got him, I'm just having a look now, at a top price of $51 uh, to win that NASCAR race today. Now into $7 and on the fourth line of betting. And the no surprises, he is the best-backed driver uh, in the NASCARs today. So Tyler Reddick, uh, he's the favourite at $5. Denny Hamlin at 6 Martin True Jr. at six fifty, And Shane Van Gisbergen, $7.00 to win NASCAR today and has been very well back. Backed in from $51. Plenty took him at $31. It's a $200 bet at $41. Um, and he's just been backed all the way in. So, yeah, plenty of punters will be cheering for uh, Shane Van Gisbergen to uh, part, uh, get the old chicken flag later on this morning. Oh, beautiful. What about the golf there, mate? Uh, obviously, Ricky Fowler getting the job done, first time in five years. Dan Hillier getting paid. Anyone jump on those two? Oh, um, not so many on Ricky Fowler, but boy, oh boy, do they love Daniel Hillier, and they love him even more now um, after what he did uh, on the weekend. How about that? The British Masters. That's a, that's a proper tournament. Um, and uh, he came... Um, from behind, I think it was two or three shots off the lead heading into the final round. He was in a, bit, in a tie for 11th um, and uh, finished, what did he do? Finished like birdie, eagle, birdie, par um, to win. So, yeah, plenty jumped on Daniel and well done to him. Um, looks like he's got a huge, huge uh, career in front of him. So, well done to those punters who jumped on. Hey, Paulie, has the uh, TAB put a package together for Stephen Marsh, 1,000th uh, winner on the weekend? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Marcy put a package together for himself, so don't worry about that. But yeah, congratulations to him. I think it was uh, was it Arrowit at Ruakaka on uh, Saturday that was his thousandth uh, winner. So yeah, well done to Marcy. Um, sensational performance, and uh, well done to you boys who uh, jumped on as well. So now it was a pretty good weekend for punters outside of the Warriors. So. Yeah, there's plenty of cash floating out there. And with the Wimbledon uh, starting uh, not too, what, today? Um, I'm just having a look at the outright market. Men's Wimbledon outright winner. It's a two-horse race, according to punters. Novak Djokovic, favourite at $1.53. Was, I think he's won the last four. Carlos Alcaraz, the challenger, he's at $4.50. Um, and there's been a wee bit of speaking further down the page for Casper Ruud. He's at $76, and the local hope with the connection to New Zealand, Cameron Norrie at $81 on the ladies' side of the draw. Um, where are we? Where's the ladies? They are the favourite, Iga Swiatek at three seventy five. She's the best back to win the uh, Wimbledon. Elena Rybakina at five fifty on the second line of betting has been a well-backed as well. Um, and then Anya Sabalenka, who is third favourite at $6.00. She's also seen some money. So the top three have been very well supported on the ladies' side. 
Um, not a lot of action outside of those three, to be fair. Awesome. Paulie, uh, thanks for joining us as always, my friend. You can watch a bit live on your favourite sports and racing at tb.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. R18. And I wonder if uh, Novak's uh, in line for the, for the Grand Slam this year, gents. He's uh, certainly looking like a, a favourite uh, going into Wimbledon and, and then the US Open as well. Uh, right, our choices flooring poll for the morning. Uh, discover your signature style and enjoy a virtual design experience with Choices Flooring's room view. Uh, Captain K has uh, the results for us, our sporting moment from the weekend. Captain K? Yes, boys. Well, it was a uh, it was a right tie-up uh, between the top two, SVG and Dan Hillier. But uh, just like this morning, Dan Hillier managing to pull away 46%, uh, taking the dub for you. Design, visualise and create your perfect floor with room view. I think the, the floors where Sammy's going to be sleeping tonight after the amount of shots Kimby's given him in the chin. Yeah. Jeepers, creepers. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, he'll go home and do some homework. He'll come back with a better, better go at me tomorrow. I can guarantee you that. Oh, I don't need any ammunition other than that Bring guitar. Bring some chocolate. Then Bring that some guitar chocolate and some Red Bulls, mate, because you're looking like you're falling asleep. Mate, I don't, I'm, I'm up at 4am every morning anyway, mate. I'm up at 4am anyway, usually answering your abusive messages. You two, you two, calm down. All right, we're going to shoot off. We'll come back in a minute, and we're going to break into some lies, because I guess you're all liars. We'll be back soon. <laughs> Fuel like the All Blacks with Hellsman Elite Ultimate Whey Protein, 750 grams from Chemist Warehouse, now $49.99. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Eleven minutes away from nine here, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. You know, boys, uh, with heavyweight boxes, how the biggest... Um, complaints. Actually, just boxing in general, the biggest complaint is that you can get someone at the top, um, or supposedly at the top, and they just get scared to, to fight anyone who's going to challenge them. Um, and so they sort of stay away, and people, well, are they the best if they can't fight everyone else? And they get a little bit scared, like Anthony Joshua is a good example. Well, you know, for everyone that's saying Tony Kemp's, you know, got me on the canvas, here's the guy who has stayed up in Kerry Kerry because he's too scared to come down and sit face to face with me and take me on, you know, face to face. Don't worry, so, I'll be back. Uh, you just remind me of one of those prize heavyweight fighters, Kempi, and uh, it'll be a first round knockout. Um, boys, before the show, I wanted to I wanted to try and do something different, and uh, I wanted us to try and uh, get across a lie throughout the show um, without the others noticing. Um, now, Kempi apparently has told fifty. We picked up on one of them, whether or not it was the one he gave Kiz before the show. But Kiz has uh, has combed through the show and found what he thinks is are the lies. So maybe we'll start with you, Izzy. Uh, Kempi, is there anything? that springs to mind from the show that you think Izzy was telling Porky's on? Uh, yep, there were a couple. The one I thought maybe was his bet. Um, but the other one, I think the toilet humour. Yeah, I, the I, toilet was, humor I was suspicious was, about the camping. Yeah, like, like I know I know that he's pretty clueless on the farm, um, but I don't think he's pretty clueless when it comes to toilet humour. Mm. I think he knows which end's the right end and how to <laughs> empty it. Um, so I think that's the lie. Okay, I'm going to back you on that one, Kempi. Kez has got the audio for us. What is What was Izzy's lie from the morning? i got a little multi game on the weekend. And I got oh. paid too. Mm. Wet, into Ledox. Into Montoya. Ah, First try. Wow. Come on. Wow. 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 Wow.
die. Got us with the multi-kimpy. Yes. Oh, oh, I knew that. Was the, I knew that. I knew that. You know, I've I, just it, sent my multi through, lads, to the text uh, to our WhatsApp group. So <laughs> I got rivet again. I went. Sean Johnson scored twelve <laughs> plus points, and I went Arrowette for the win and uh, Ledox for the win. So I got two oh, out of three. Wow! And yeah. it got rivet. But the the camping drama. That was all true, boys. All legit. That wow. was all true. Okay. All right. <laughs> all legit. All right. What about uh, what about my one, boys? What do you reckon I was telling Porky about <sighs> through the last two and a half hours? <laughs> no, you got a thousand of them. Oh, which one, Tony? Um, um, I'm going to go the Coliseum. I'm going to go the Coliseum. With, uh, <laughs> now that's true. I've seen that. <laughs> oh, is it? Oh, it's not that one. That's true. <laughs> that's a news story, Tony. I'm going to go getting up at four a.m. Ooh. So, <laughs> Kempi, what do you reckon? For, no, no, I reckon you're up at 4am because you've got an hour to get in. So, mm-hmm. um, no, oh, okay. well, I did the noise complaint. The pickleball, that was also a news story, Tony. You're not very good at this game. Oh, no. <laughs> Put you out of your misery. Go on, Kezza. The Sam's ass stuff was serious lie all morning. <laughs> what? Say it again. What no, was no, it? Kezza's saying the Harrison Sam's ass story. Him a couple of times. Apparently, he comes down to New Zealand oh. here to Southland to do a. You know, a hike uh, on the yearly basis. I did meet him once when uh, Quentin Tarantino brought a film to New Zealand with Zoe Bell, who was a a Kiwi stunt. George, you you boys, you boys did not even south. No, that's all true. That's all true. But when I said I met him, I thought boys, the alarm bells would have rung straight away. Instead, Kempi went on a a, a a rant about how he meets Zoe Bell and Ponsonby every second week. You know what, when you said that too, I went, what a load of rubbish. He got the end of the South Island to meet Harrison Ford. <laughs> I just went on one of those. Oh, come on, Kempi. Oh, okay, so, 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 so Kempi, you've told about a million, Izzy. I'm not sure which uh, one we want to pick out. One. But only you only gave, gave one. We don't, even have, we don't even have enough time, but kids, play it out. Let's find out what Kempi's lie was. You want to see the firewood everywhere, mate. Not only that, but it actually looks worse. You know, when you're meant to tidy something up, I've made an absolute meal of it. The bike run out of petrol with the trailer. I forgot to check the petrol, so I'm cruising back down. Bikes, so I'm halfway up the driveway walking down. I've had to leave the bike and the trailer on the driveway there. No one can get through. I, so kn- I, knew, you, I knew you don't chop down trees, Kempi. I knew that was a yarn. <laughs> was the whole thing a yarn or just, just the chopping down the trees? No, no, just the chopping down the trees. The rest of it was all true. Everything's oh. a yard. I don't know what to believe with Tony Kemp. I know. <laughs> this, this, this show is descending into cows very, very quickly. We've got to take a break, and we're going to come back and catch up with Smithy after that.